0: have your Bibles today, if you would grab your Bible and turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter two, where we are beginning a series. We started this three weeks ago. And you can see here on the screen, ready, set, activate. At the beginning of the year 2014, I felt in my spirit that the Lord gave me one of many targets for our corporate body. And that target very simply was for every single person in the house to be activated in who God has called them to be and what God has called them to do. And that may seem like a tall order, but we're not gonna stop just when the series over. We're gonna continue to speak into this. And really the goal here is to create a culture and a climate and also to create systems and processes by which every person that is assigned to this family as a result of walking a journey with us, will find themselves activated into who they're called to be and what they're called to do. Some of that will find expression in what we call the nuclear church here, and some of that will find expression in the extended church, which is the church in the marketplace, which we'll talk much more about in our next series at the end of the summer. One of the main goals that we have in the next uh, four months that we embark on this journey together is to talk about uh, a scriptural, biblical Worldview of gifts. Scripture says that every good and perfect gift is from above. There are gifts that God has distributed to uh, His people, to His sons and daughters. Those gifts uh, are for us to enjoy, but they're also for us to help us fulfill God's assignment and God's call on the earth. Those gifts are some are very spiritual in nature. Uh, we find that in First Corinthians chapter 12, and some of those gifts are very, very practical in nature. Gifts like speaking and administration and serving. In fact, there are some people that are here that the idea of standing up and doing what I do probably scares you to death. And you would much rather get here early, no have no one know who you are, and set up chairs, and that brings you an incredible sense of fulfillment and purpose. And it could be that the gift of serving is on your life. There are some of you who have the gift of hospitality. You love making people feel welcome. You love having people into your home. You love creating environments where the awkwardness is removed and people can feel like they belong into a place and into a people group. You have the gift of hospitality. So we're going to talk about all those things as we get into the summer. I'm going to be pulling on Jerob Knott who is uh, the director of Freedom Training Center to help us uh, in this series because this is one of the passions of his life. He and his wife lead a ministry called Engage Dynamic and uh, their uh, passion and their purpose is to see people fired, you know, fired and wired in what they're called to do and to be activated into that. So today we're going to I'm going to finish up on what we talked about a couple of weeks ago if you recall those of you who were here we introduced the concept of uh, the seven mountains and if you missed that you can get that on antioch.is. Uh very very important for us to understand that our gift and the way that God has wired us what he's activating us into does not only find valuable and valid expression within the nuclear church. In fact, I would say ninety percent to ninety-five percent. I'd even go up into probably a hundred percent of the way that God has wired us to be, and the way the things that God has wired us to do can and should find expression in the church at large, the the extended church, the church in the marketplace, the church in education, the church in every arena of society, government, business, you name it, and that concept is very very important for us to understand. I explained that I encourage you to listen to it, but today I want to talk about a couple of things that God has armed us with. And so beginning in Ephesians chapter 2 again in your scriptures beginning in verse 10, we'll read this together. Bible says, "We are God's workmanship." It's a very important word there. If you would just say that verbally with me, say workmanship. We are God's workmanship. This is the NIV I'm reading out of. And then it says, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For all you preachers out there, there's a three-point message, workmanship, good works, prepared in advance. And uh, you can just go to town and have fun with that. It's not necessarily the structure I'm gonna use today, but I just see that stuff and I'll throw that out to you. And you can give me the credit later. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't, don't give me the credit, just. Keep it for yourself. All right. um, The word workmanship is a really interesting word in the Greek. It's, um, It's the word poema. And you can actually hear the word poem in that word workmanship. And to me, that takes on a completely different nuance when I read that, when I hear that word. You could also say you are God's poetry. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's craftsmanship. You are God's artistic expression you are a work of art. You're not a piece of work. You're a work of art, okay? That's what that means. You are God's artistic outlet his artistic expression in the earth. You are not only a display of his beauty and his creativity, you are a vessel through which he can demonstrate and display his beauty and his creativity. And that's not limited. See, when we hear beauty and we hear creativity and we hear artistry, automatically we begin thinking of things uh, like literal physical art or photography or graphic design or things of that nature. But how many of you know that if you are God's workmanship, you are his poetry, you are a reflection of his artistic creative design, then you, as you are created to find that expression in some mountain or some arena of society, then you can bring art and you can bring beauty and you can bring craftsmanship to any field that God has called you to. That's why when you see somebody who is an exquisite writer or a communicator Or someone, if you've ever seen someone who works with their hands, and my son is raising his hand. My son, when he picks up Legos, he can do things with Legos at four years old that me at 36. Like I need manuals. I'm very much one of those guys who it takes me hours because I have to look at it and then I have to try to figure it out. It's just not intuitive for me. My, My son's like, give me those blocks for goodness sake. And he just does this. And he's like, look what I created right? He's got names for all these things. And he goes, watch this. If I take these two pieces off now, it's this. It's just amazing, right? And so he's learning what it means to find artistic expression and creative expression in engineering, right? In putting blocks together. And so you need to understand that God has created you as his artistic masterpiece to be a display of beauty and also to, to demonstrate and release that into some field of the earth. Number two, it says we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Very important word here, good works. In fact, again, if we hear the word work, if we're not interpreting that properly, we could probably interpret that through the paradigm of um, uh, living paycheck to paycheck or clocking in, clocking out. And that's not what the Greek definition of work means at all. It it means a field of service. It means business or anything that a person undertakes to do. It means something that they accomplish with the hand, industry, something that they create with their mind. All right, this then applies to everything in life. So you are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to produce good things in the earth. It's very important for us to understand that hardwired into our very DNA, beginning in Genesis chapter one, verse 26 through 28. Verse 26 says that we were created in God's image. And then verse 28 says that he blessed all of humanity. Four particular blessings he put upon our lives. He says, I bless you to be fruitful, to be fruitful. I bless you to be fruitful. Say, I'm blessed to be fruitful. I just want to activate that in our lives right now. Some of you need to... Some of you need to participate that, with that on a daily basis, just waking up with that expectation inside of you, I am blessed to be fruitful. I am blessed to be fruitful today in this classroom. If you work you know, in carpentry, you're blessed to be fruitful in that. In fact, I thought this was very interesting as I was meditating on that. In John chapter 15, in fact, I'd like you to look at this with me. John chapter 15, uh, we'll look at verse 16. I've always read these verses from a very, very narrow, and if you understand this because you heard the message four weeks ago, I, I was reading this from a very dualistic or a very separated, a very fragmented view of life. But John fifteen sixteen says this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, you did not choose me. I chose you and I appointed you. I commissioned you. I gave you a, a task, an assignment. And this is what he says. I appointed you to bear fruit. And fruit that will remain. And I always interpreted that as, well, again, overly spiritual. So I'm I'm supposed to be a good Christian, a good follower of Jesus. I'm supposed to produce the fruit of the Spirit. He's appointed me to produce fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, meekness, kindness, all those things. Very, very limited. And as I went back through this and began chewing on this, it was almost as if the Lord was saying, that is a very narrow view of my assignment for my people, son. Because I've appointed them to bear fruit in the field that they're called to be in. So if you're going to be an artist, be a fruitful artist. If you're going to be a businessman, be a fruitful businessman because that's what you're called to be, and that's what you're anointed to be. So putting those two things together, Genesis: 128, I've blessed you to be fruitful. If you're in the military, you can be fruitful in the military. You can be fruitful in raising up leaders. You can be fruitful in going into a chaotic situation and bringing order and bringing structure and bringing bringing peace into those situations. If you work in a chaotic atmosphere where people are always at each other's throats, I I wanna declare over you, and I want you to know this this is actually something that you are blessed to do, and according to John 15, 16, it's something that you're appointed to do, that you can go in and part of the fruit of God is you can bring the fruit of God's peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? You're anointed to actually, where there is division or where there is frustration, where there's conflict, you're anointed to go into those places and bring the fruit of the kingdom into those relationships. We are, there is a good work that we were created to do in Christ Jesus. Now, this is a very, very interesting uh, concept here, but it says that God has actually prepared these good works in advance, This might take a minute for us to wrap our minds around, but I I actually have a goal today. And that goal is I, I want to whet your appetite and I want to inspire you to press into God to find out what those good works that he created you to do and that he prepared for you to do. There's two things that are happening there. He created you for good works, but he also prepared those works for you to do. The example that comes to mind, there's a couple that come to mind. When we ended up moving out of the building that we were previously in, Freedom Church at that time was leasing a building over on Academy right next to Harmony Bowl. And in a very short window of time, we were informed that we we would have to vacate the premises and find a new place to go to. And I was tasked with the responsibility and the assignment of helping to move the entire church out. And so we had to coordinate four different U-Hauls and for weeks leading up to the moving day, which was on a Sunday. In fact, how many of you were there on that Sunday where we moved the previous building? Man, God bless you guys. Man, thank you. You guys are awesome. You guys are so incredible. Well, what you did not know, in fact, I'd like you to think about that, that day because in my mind and... Uh, Granted, that's just in my mind, so I could be completely false here. But in my mind, I felt like it went pretty smoothly. Pretty smooth day, granted, every you know, concerning everything that we had to do. Well, the reason why is for two weeks leading up to that, we had a small crew of people, you know, Martha, Dan, and myself. David, were you helping us with that? And David, David had just come to the house, Not 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 too earlier. And we were, we were, man, we had to move things out of some rooms and put them in other rooms and stage all these different things and, and lay the groundwork. We had to, you know, bring the, the vehicles, the huge moving trucks. We, we set certain vehicles. This vehicle is for this room. This vehicle is for this room. We broke everybody up into teams. What we were doing is we were create, we were planning and preparing for that good work to take place. Right? We were coordinating. we were laying the groundwork. And, If we had showed up for that big move, we would have a hundred people. And if we were unprepared, imagine the chaos and the frustration, imagine how many people would have left, imagine how many people would have been unfulfilled had we showed up to that huge amount of work and there had been no preparation in advance for that to happen. Now think about that. Now, this is on a human level, but I want you to elevate your thinking to a God level. And I want you now to tap into the wisdom of God and know that every day there is already a good work that he has prepared and coordinated and laid out in advance. And it's waiting for you to step into and to walk into. That good work may be a conversation that you have with somebody known or unknown. That good work may be something that you're to create. It may be something that you're to produce. That good work may very simply be just as simple as you showing up, and you, you put it, you just being a part, another day in the journey of what God is building in you and what he's building in the environment. And at the end of the series, we'll talk about a process-oriented approach to activation in our lives. So much of activation, we hear that and we think, hit a switch and boom, we're ready to go. But a lot of times what God will do is he'll design a season to activate something inside of us. And it's us participating and partnering with what God has designed in the season. That at the end of the season, what seems like happened instantaneously is something that is actually being developed many weeks, many months, and for some of us, many years in advance. I remember I heard this uh, interview. There's a gal by the name of Jennifer Nettles, she sings for a band called Sugarland. And uh, God, she has an exquisite voice. And I remember I heard this interview one time and she said, you know, many people call us an overnight success because it just seems like we, Sugar Land wasn't there. Then all of a sudden, man, Sugar Land is everywhere. But what they don't know is the 15 years I was singing in bars and the 16, 15 years that I was going through vocal training and the 15 years that I was putting in time that nobody else saw. And so really what it is, we have to understand that, you know, it's the time that we're investing that makes that, instant, that makes that activation powerful, potent, and possible. So you are God's workmanship. You were created to do good works, fruitful works, God works, which are not just limited to spiritual things. All right, There are certain people, when they come um, with their unique gift mix, again, if we look at the case study of what happens here week in and week out, there are certain people that are wired. They're actually designed to see things that I would never see. And they're designed to catch things that I would never catch. And they're designed to be passionate about a certain demographic within this body that, that quite frankly, um, is not something that I'm hardwired, but because of that gift, that color that's added to the palette, and the more colors that are added to the palette, the more beautiful the picture is, and the more gifts that are added to the mix, the more people are covered and more people are activated because, uh, because every one of us is limited. And so, again, for those of you who champion different elements and areas of this family, of this house, of this body, again, I want to say thank you because the good work that you're doing is so vital. I mean, again, I mean, just think about coming in to this place and none of the chairs were set up. Or think about coming, for those of you who have young children, maybe you just have, have had babies, And we have had a mass exodus of workers in the nursery and you come and instead of you finding a people that are delighted and gifted and anointed to care for and love on and instruct your children, that was not available. And you'd come here and now you're shouldering that. Or the sound, there are people that are gifted and anointed to produce good works as it relates to sound. Okay, on and on it goes. So you're, you are God's workmanship, you're created in Christ Jesus to do good works and God has, he has literally invested eternity and here's one of the big aha moments I want you guys to catch is that every day there are multiple good works that have actually been coordinated and prepared for you to experience, for you to discover, for you to walk in. Every day. Every day. So every day there's an opportunity for us to discover those good works and participate with them and produce them because you're called and you're anointed to do that. Ephesians 5, I believe it's verse 16, says, uh, let, me, let me turn there because I don't like misquoting things. Ephesians 5. And it's um yeah, this is verse 16. It says, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Another translation says redeeming the time, but I like that phrase making the most of every opportunity. So when you understand that you are created in Christ Jesus as his poetic, artistic expression in the earth, number two, when you understand you were created to do good works, and number three, when you understand that those good works that you were created and hardwired to do have actually been pre-coordinated and prepared for you to walk into, then you can make the most of every opportunity. I think there's an activation prayer that's waiting for every one of us every day to say, God, you've created me as your poetic work in the earth, And you've created me to do good works today. And you've actually prepared them in advance for me today. And every single day, there's a good work for you to find and for you to participate with. And I'm not talking about good works in this kind of, you know, humanitarian sense, like the goodwill of all mankind. I'm talking about a fruitful and productive work that God has coordinated for you and for me. So the first thing that I want us to understand, point one, if you're taking notes, is that God has prepared a good work for us in a mountain. Or he's prepared that for us in a field of life. Or if we use the language that we did in our previous series, he has prepared a good work for us in the garden that we're called to tend he has prepared a good work for us in family, religion, business, government, education, arts, media, entertainment. There is a good work for you to do in that field. And we could if we had time, we would sit down and we would lay out, man, think about all of the technological advances, all the scientific advances, all the artistic advances, all the educational advances. Although some of you might feel like there's not been many educational advances that have taken place, you may feel like we're taking steps back, but that might mean that God has called you to produce good works in the field of education. You know, my wife and I attended a, it's called Preschool Partners. And it's a uh, preschool affiliate with TCA. And one of the prerequisites for coming and allowing your children to be a part of that program is you have to attend a two-hour orientation. And it's just a two-hour orientation to explain their philosophy of education. And as I sat there, you guys, for two hours taking voracious notes, I felt something inside of me get extremely excited as they were literally equipping me to be a better educator of my children. And they were explaining educational philosophy, and and it, it was just absolutely brilliant. And what they've done is they have actually produced a good work in the field of education that has the potential and also the fruit, after years and years of doing this, of young men and young women of character and young men and young women who are thinking differently, who are learning how to think and not just regurgitate information. All right, what is this? This is called a good work in the mountain of education that produces fruit, a very clear fruit of an educated citizenry, of a higher caliber and quality of leaders and thinkers, and so on and so forth. Number two, what I want us to understand, and I'll just make, I'll just make this our last point. This is two, two of five. Um, Not only has God prescribed a good work for us in a specific mountain, and what I'm trying to do again to reiterate what we talked about a couple of weeks ago is I want to place value on who you are and what you're called to do, specifically where you're called to do it. I want you to see incredible. I want you to know that that's waiting for you to find the value in that. That, When we we see value, there's an intrinsic motivation and creativity that explodes. when We have revelation to see the value of what we're doing and where we're called to do it. When we don't see value, we lose motivation and we lose creativity. Are you seeing that? And so what what I want to incite within you, what I want to awaken within you by the Spirit of God today is to through heaven's eyes, revealed to you the value of what may feel very mundane. And being activated doesn't mean that we won't experience mundane activity. Again, we'll get to that when we talk about process. But there is a good work within the field that God has assigned you to, even in the the, the seemingly mundane areas and components of that. So he has a good work for us within a field, within an arena, within a mountain. Number two, God has a will for every mountain for every arena of society. All right, now there's two there's two things about a will that we have to understand. If you're writing down notes under number two, God has a will for every arena of society. You could put number one, letter A, that uh, will means a desire, and number letter B, will means a directive. So if, if I have a will for something, there's something I desire, but there's also a directive or a direction that I have concerning my will. And... The classic verse here, although there's many to support this, is Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. The context here is that Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And many of you know the Lord's Prayer. And one of the most powerful components of this prayer is where Jesus is saying, listen, as a part of your regular rhythm of communicating with heaven, of accessing heaven's wisdom and intelligence and resources for the earth, it's not just to help you in your personal life, but it's, but it's to be an activated agent of bringing my will, the things that I want, my prescribed desires and directives, bringing them into the earth realm, bringing them into the garden that I've called you to tend, bringing them into the mountain of society that I've called you to have an influence in. So every, God has a will for every arena, every mountain of society. And we could go through the list that we looked at two weeks ago. God has a will for Government. He has a will for federal government. He has a will for local government. He has a desire. There are certain legislative things that I believe are actually in the very heart of God for those legislative things to be prescribed because where there is good law and where there is good government, then it produces the fruit of righteousness, peace, and joy in a society. So God has a will for government. And how do we find that will? How do we find God's will in any area of life? We search for it. We search for it. We, we mine it out, we examine it, we align our heart and our mind. What is your will? You know, for those of you moms who have the privilege and the weighty responsibility of uh, homeschooling your children, of being caretakers and carekeepers of your home, there is a will that God has for that assignment. There is a will that he has for that field and that government. And my encouragement to you is find out what that will is, discover it. I want to awaken a hunger inside of you to say, God, what is your will for the field that you've called me to? What is, your, what is your desire? What is the thing that you dream about when you think about, God, when you think about what you've called me to do and where you've called me to do it, what is it that you dream, what is it you dream about it? What is it that you think about? All right, and maybe you're in a position right now where you're saying, well, I hate what I'm doing. <laughs> and I don't like it at all. And I, I, I'm in the most mundane. This is purposeless. Friend, I want to encourage you. If there's a good work that he's created in advance for you to do, then even where you are right now, that has not escaped God's notice or God's mind. And if there's people around you, there's opportunity for ministry. If there's a person that is living and breathing that has an eternal destiny in their life, then there is an opportunity for you to to connect with God and the good works that he's created you to do in the lives of the people that are around you. And here's what we need to understand. Part of God's process is the way that we find, and I really believe, in fact, I've actually strayed from a series like this for years because throughout my journey over the past 20 years, whenever I would get into these questions of what is your purpose for life, I would get so frustrated and even just, just, uh, what's the word? I would want to give up. Because, I mean, at 18 and 20 and 25 and 30, and even at 36, to nail down, yeah, I know exactly what my purpose on life is for at those ages and stages of life. I found it to be very difficult to, to discover and ascertain. What I find is that God reveals a measure of our purpose for the season and stage that we're in. And as we, sh- as we participate with that part of our purpose, we actually, we actually have another door that's opened up to us. And so... What I want to encourage you today is that discovering your purpose is actually a journey. It's not something, you know, and I would say it's probably the rare case where, where someone finds it at a very early age. But even if they find it at an early age, I think it's more like this direction as opposed to this very distinct thing that they're supposed to do. I know that I'm called in this direction of life and so I'm going to take steps in this direction. But if people would have told me 20, in fact, before I moved here, I had... I just—I didn't understand the prophetic, I didn't understand the apostolic, I didn't understand intercession the way I understand it now, the way that I lead as far as navigating the flow of God's spirit in worship environments and climates. I I had none of those things. And if people would have said to me, part of your purpose, Jade, is to raise up sons and fathers on the earth, I would have laughed at them. And if they would have said, part of your purpose is to, is to help lead and pioneer a new wineskin of what it means to participate and partner with the activity of God in corporate climates and to help reproduce that in the earth, I would have laughed at them because I had no framework for that. Or if someone would have said, part of your purpose is to, to be a young apostle who learns from the old and pulls it into the new and, and, and helps bridge relationships between apostles and prophets, pastors and intercessors, I would have had no frame of mind for that. Or people would have said to me that uh, God's going to use you in some significant way to bring transformation on community or city levels. I had no frame of mind for that. So for me to know those things, even 10 years ago, if I would have narrowed down my purpose to one, you know, small thing, I would have missed it. And a great example of this as I close is when I graduated from high school, the burning passion of my heart at that time was to see the schools of America awaken for God. It was a passion in my heart. God caught a hold of my heart a very, at a very you know, young age and very significant turning point in my life between my junior and senior year of high school. I ended up quitting the basketball team and starting this kind of uh, you know, Christian Bible study club type of deal. And I remember as a senior in high school, I would wake up at 5 a.m. every day and I would cry out in my prayer closet, literal physical prayer closet for the students in my school. I was burning to see the public school system of America awaken and uh, experience revival. And so when I came to ORU, um, all of my friends, after we went through missions chapel, they would say, Jade, man, we just totally see, you would just come alive being a part of the missions program. And I, and I actually got very vehement and very angry at them. I said, I said, I'm not called to that. Now leave me alone. I know what I'm called to, I'm called to America, all right? Long story short, man, God had to, he had to really knock me upside the head and call me. I went to Indonesia for two months. After my, the summer after my freshman year, and it was on the mission field, God spoke to me. He said, son, 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 listen, 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 listen. I don't just love America. And and you laugh and you think, well, yeah, duh, but to me that was a huge wake-up call. And I was like, he said, son, I love the world. I love every person of every desolate just forgotten piece of this planet God says I burn for them I love the world and if you would have told me before I experienced that moment that God would use me to shape and invest into missionaries and I would have laughed in your face in a very rude and (laughs) uncomely manner because I hadn't discovered that part of my purpose are you hearing what I'm saying today and I discover that element of my purpose. And so I want to breathe encouragement into you today and let you know, show yourself faithful to the work. Many of you, how many of you would say, I never saw for good or for bad. I, ne- I never saw where I'm at right now five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. But what I want to encourage you is, do we not believe that God is the orchestrator of our times and seasons? Do we not believe that God is the developer and the designer of our journey, of our process and our path? And if that's so, then we have to believe that all these things work together and that God has a will for the field and the arena that you work in. If it's medicine, if it's technology, if it's engineering, you know, I have to believe you're anointed and blessed and assigned and appointed to produce good works to help fulfill God's will in that unique arena of your life. Be encouraged by that. Be encouraged by that. The next few weeks, let's see here if I wanna to get to. So I was gonna talk about the fact that God has a work for us, God has a will for us, God has a wisdom for every arena of society, and God receives worship from every arena of society. So that was, that was, the next, that was today's message. I don't know if I'm gonna to get to that next week because I wanna talk with you about vision. In the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about vision because God, is, God has shown me some things as it relates to vision, that vision is actually one of the ways that he activates us. It's a a part of the creative exchange where we actually begin to see the field that God has planted us into through his eyes and dream with him. And it's through that process. Listen, let me give you a little teaser right now. If you really wanna be fruitful in your field, start praying for it. You know where your creativity flows from? You know where your ownership flows from? You know where your passion flows from? It flows from you engaging with God by praying into and over your field. Start praying for your leaders. Start praying for your, for your infrastructure, for your systems. Start praying for the policy. Start praying for creative solutions to the problems that are around you. Start praying for the people. Start praying for identify uh, the vacancies and start praying those in. I guarantee you do that for 30 days, you're gonna find yourself motivated energized. You're going to find yourself participating with God because here, listen, you need to understand this. As sons and daughters, we were not created to just uh, receive. We were created to co-create with God. And part of your Christianity may feel very stale right now because you are not participating with him in the co-creating process, in the field of work that he's called you to. I'm gonna let that hang here. We'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. All right, let's stand to our feet and be dismissed this morning. You know, we've done so much ministry during our service that we're not gonna have any ministry, official altar ministry time today because we had so much ministry take place. Um, I just wanna bless you. Jonathan, would you mind, if you please, just come on up here and give me a little blessing music? (laughs) We've got a great summer ahead of us. We've got some baby de- dedications planned. We got a great block party plan for 4th of July like we've always done. We've got some great FTC events that are planned to just continue to activate you guys. It's gonna be a great summer, you guys. It's gonna be a great summer. As we leave, let me just, let me um, throw this in your lap. I want you to create, I want you to create a summer bucket list. May, June, July, August. Summer 2014, begin to participate with God and say, what are some things, God, that you want me to do in my own life, in my family, in my marriage, in my field of work? Man, hone me in, Lord. There's some things assignment's There's a good work that you have for me in the next four months. I am crying out to God that, that just literally new life would spring up inside of every one of us. Excitement, creativity, passion, ownership, vision, new discoveries, a new commitment to the process that he's put us in. I'm so excited about the gifts part of this journey. I believe that some of you are gonna go, oh my God, I didn't realize that I had that gift, but it totally makes sense. And then what happens is when you see that gift and you see God's vision and you participate with God's process, boy, it just hones you and things start coming alive inside of you. Friends, you were designed to be alive in God with the work that he's called you to do. And that is my prayer and that is my dream and that is my desire for you. So Father, I bless this house today. Antioch, you are a blessed house. You're a good house. You're great people, your sons and daughters. You were created to, to do great works for the king that he has prepared in advance for you to do. You were created to create, you were created to discover, you were created to experience the joy, passion, beauty, and romance of heaven on earth and to make heaven attractive. You were created to do those things. I pray grace and strength rise up within you. I pray uh, again that God make you so attractive to the people that are around you. I pray that God hone you. I pray God speak to you. I pray that God reinvigorate you, refire you, reignite you in what you're called to do. I pray that God would awaken you in the night. I pray he'd stir you. I pray that you would fan into flame the gift that has been put inside of you. I pray every day of your life be a purposeful day that you make the most of every opportunity and not one moment slip away from you, but that you become a producer and a contributor with heaven and the earth and that you have a blast doing it. Antioch, I love you. and I bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.